the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 69. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts into a study on the book of James. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today we start studying the book of James, and I wanted to do James as a great counterbalance to Romans. Romans will talk about being saved by grace, and James will talk about so what? So you have faith, let's see some works. And so I find both of the books being a great balance to each other. Let's jump right in. James 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdoms, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. First thing we should talk about is which James we're talking about. This is not the James that is commonly featured in the Gospels, James the brother of John, son of Zebedee. That James dies as the first of the apostles to be martyred, uh, executed in Jerusalem, and that is recorded in the book of Acts. So this is James the brother of our Lord. This is James, a son of Mary and Joseph, who becomes a leader in the early church as Peter, for instance, goes off on missionary journeys, Paul certainly, and the other apostles are spread as far as India for Thomas. James is the one who becomes the head of the church in Jerusalem. And the church has traditionally held that that's the author of this book. So he jumps right in here and he says, you're going to have troubles, you're going to have trials. And the church in Jerusalem, because the first wave of persecution was coming from the Jews, was the first to suffer persecution. As we said, James, the brother of John, had already been killed. Stephen was martyred. A number of other people were put in prison or killed by Saul before he became Paul after meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus. James says that when you test your faith, you develop perseverance. And that Maturity comes from facing trials. I think there's still truth in that, even if it's not the trials that the early church faced, because basically until we go through a rough time and need to rely on God and need to trust in God, faith often remains a cerebral, I think it works this way kind of thing, rather than a a trusting relationship, which is what faith should become as it matures. And then he says, if any of you ask, lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who, who gives generously. But you shouldn't doubt. And it's interesting that James is coming against doubt. Certainly, Thomas doubted, but Jesus still welcomed him back and sent him off, as he did the rest of the disciples. But he's saying, don't be like one who is like the waves of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. He's encouraging us to have a mature faith that is grounded, that doesn't just get blown here and there by what we feel day to day, what we emotionally are riding up and down, where we put our understanding of what God has promised 
is an anchor by which we are grounded. And the symbol that was often used for faith in the church is an anchor. And so, as James doesn't want us blown and tossed by the wind, he wants us to be anchored by our faith and not to be giving in to our doubts. And he goes on, The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. There is a temporariness to this life. And so one of the things he's encouraging for the rich is don't be too secure in that wealth, in that position, in this life you have, because there's a shortness, there's a temporariness to this situation. And this continues on, obviously, when Jesus is encouraging us not to build up our treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but to build up treasure in heaven. And clearly he's encouraging the the rich then also, don't put your faith in what you possess. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So first of all, he's saying, and especially to a church that was undergoing persecution, that there will be trials, and to hang in there, basically. But he says, don't think that it's God that's tempting you. God may be allowing you to be tested. God may be allowing you to be tempted, but the temptation is coming from our own desires. But he says, it's not sin until it takes fruit. Uh, So it's basically, we start with a desire, and then it becomes sin when we give in to it. So all of us have within us desires for things that we know we shouldn't do. A man who looks looks at another woman who is married and has a desire can react in one of two different ways. He can resist that and say, no, that's wrong, or he can give in to that, which leads to sin, which leads to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Again, we see the constancy of God here. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. And he gives all good gifts. And we are the start of what he is doing. We aren't the end all. We aren't the the goal by any means. But just a first fruits, he desires to reach others past us. And he continues, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about righteous life that God desires. Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. James is a very practical book. He wants to see faith in action, and we'll get into that more as we delve into this book. But first of all, he says, you can avoid a lot of problems if you just do this. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. As I do ministry within Juvenile Hall, I've had on more than one occasions, and one time just last night, someone say that what got them in there was their quick temper. 
I'm in a unit for violent offenders, and so it was a quick temper that got out of hand. Number one, his first practical advice here is quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Our anger doesn't lead us any place that God wants us to be. Our anger doesn't lead us to a more fulfilled life. It doesn't lead us to a a life that is pleasing to God. Our anger leads us someplace else. So get rid of all the moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you. This is a word that is written to people in the church. That's where this letter is. So as James is talking about moral filth, he's not talking about those other people. He's talking about us. He's saying within us, there is still a prevalence of things in us that need to be rooted out. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, will be blessed in what he does. We can go to church every Sunday, we can go twice a week, we can go three, four times a week, we can hear all sorts of sermons. He says, okay, don't just listen, put it into practice. Again, James is all about, let's see your faith. Let's see it in action here. And he has this analogy of this man who forgets what he looks like. The word, the Bible, the word of God is like a mirror to us. It shows us what is right and what is wrong. It shows us ourselves. And so he said, don't be like the person who goes away from a mirror and can't even remember what he looks like. Put into practice what you hear. Use, take advantage of this mirroring effect that the Bible has. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James will get into more detail later on about the tongue, but again, he's all about practical here, which is, if you consider yourself religious but you don't watch what you say, your religion is worthless. That could be gossip, that could be hateful words, that could be swearing of oaths, I don't mean swearing like using bad words, although that would be another one, but all of these things, he say, if you don't watch what's coming out of you, if you're not using your words to build up, if you're not using your words to make better, then your religion, he says, is worthless. And then he gets back to a theme, a real classic Old Testament theme from the prophets, to look after the widows and the orphans in their distress. That's a theme you'll find running through the prophets. Isaiah comes to mind where he says, from chapter 11 of Isaiah, Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. And then a little ways down, Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. This is just a real constant theme within the Old Testament prophets to defend those who can't defend themselves, to look after those who within that society need someone to look after them. And then James encourages us to be different, not to become polluted by the world. Just another way of saying, don't be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your minds. 
And with that, we'll bring this study to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to send them to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.